Guys, um, welcome to the Transformers Church. We're back to home church. I'm going to speak to the to our hearts a little bit this morning before I get into the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Um, okay, let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for that privilege for us to come fellowship together as we continue to walk in obedience to your will. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we've prayed. Amen. That was too quick because I, because I couldn't wait to start speaking. Amen. Before I get into my message today, which I, I would try to... Uh, wrap up on obedience to God's will today. I just want to speak to our hearts because I'm practicing what I preach and it's fundamental that I communicate it to the members of the church family. I hope we are all here together. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right. So we've been teaching on obedience to the will of God, obedience to God's will, and today's going to be part three. And before I go for that in that, to make the ladies um, the ladies in the house feel a bit more comfortable, right? So Jolomi is going to be teaching next week, Sunday, Right, my Mother's Day, right? Amen. I can see them laughing and clapping. Oh, you know, this is this is bias in this church, and I bind that spirit of bias and preferential treatment in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So, Jolami will be blessing us again next week, and um, I can't wait to hear what the Lord will speak through her to bless us. Amen. Right, I can see me looking left, right, and center. Right, I'm watching the guys on Zoom on my left. I'm looking at my screen on my right. The camera is right in front of me. So. Anyway, uh, look, 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 look at them, look at them, they're clapping. Jasmine, well done. You've never clapped for me since I met you, right? <laughs> you only clap for me. Oh, thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I would like to see it too. Okay. All right, brilliant. You, you clap for me in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I love this. Okay, let me get into it and then I'll put everything together. Now, so... Um, as if a couple of weeks ago now, uh, the Lord started speaking to my heart about home church, you know, and I, I kind of wrestled with it because, you know, where I was coming from in terms of my background when it comes to church. So if you don't have a venue where you have a lot of people, you know, you are not pastoring, right? And I think of the lives that we have touched, even the ones on Zoom here, the ones that are, uh, you know, actually not even on Zoom today. I think of the lives that we have touched since we started this. Right. And um, our assignment is quite different. Now, we are not looking to build an organization, a church, so that we can make a name. We are called to build people. We are called to build lives. And how best do you think a life is touched? From a platform to the port to the pew? No, it's one-to-one. Amen. Um, I thank God for some people. God has helped me to you know, remove from my life because those people could be sending a signal of failure. Ah, oh, you're going back kind of stuff. Can I say something to such people who might be watching me? The fact that, the fact that church is not done the way you know it to be done and being done does not mean that go, that's not the way church should be done. I hope I'm making some sense here. If you start from the, if you go back to the epistles, you, f- you find out that the church started in homes. I know the home church has a challenges, and I don't know how long we'll do this for. It might be for six months, it might be for one year. Uh, but I'm thinking, I'm really thanking God this morning because He has He has strengthened me and helped me to overcome the opinion and the thought of people. Now, why am I speaking like this this morning? I'm speaking this way this morning because of how critical, how crucial what I'm talking about is in our lives today. Many lives and destinies have been destroyed today because people do not step in to do things the way God wants them to do it. They are doing things the way their fathers in the faith or people that they know do things or how, or they're trying to get the, get the, the, their praise of people. They're trying to get the applause of people. 
Amen. And what we don't understand is that as long as you're disobedient to God and you're not doing things the way God wants you to do it, you are destroying lives because you will not be where you are supposed to be. You will not speak to the person you're supposed to speak to. You will not have the measure of impact that you should have. Amen. So uh, uh, it might be a test for me if I will actually practice what God is speaking to my heart. You know, I can't remember the last time I felt so involved in the service like I did this morning. You know, we had a worship, we had a prayer. I don't think I've been dying gay because you're always running something or the, behind the scenes and stuff like that. I'm going to talk about a few other things this morning, but I want us to understand that um, it is important that if you want to, it's important for you to do things the way God wants you to do it if you truly want to fulfill destiny. I've been speaking and I've been speaking the past few weeks to people and I've been even on the Transformers Connect and I've been trying to encourage people to remove their eyes from what other people are doing and set their focus, their gaze on the Lord. Lord, what would you have me do? Now, Apostle Paul is our, is our example. In the book of Gal, uh, um, is it Galatians 1, 15, he said, you know, when he reviewed, when he was explaining, describing that, you know, when God chose him from the time he was still in his mother's womb to preach the gospel, he said when he received the calling, he did not seek consult, he did not take consultation of men. He did not go about seeking the approval of men. When, when I say men, I say men and women, approval of people. So one of the things that have held me so bound in my life, even in the ministry, everything, is seeking the authorization, the approval, the acceptance, the endorsement of men of God. With all due respect, many of whom do not know what they are doing. You know, uh, some, we, were, we were spending time with a couple yesterday and they asked me, they were asking me questions about church. And I said to them, I said, do you know that the things that I teach are the things that have changed my own life? And we got into conversations and conversations. But the things I teach are not the things that I've heard from many people. Thank you for Papa Egin, Andrew Womack, Pastor Dwin Sheriff, and a few other guys that I follow that I've taken sound teaching and sound doctrine from. So, um, church family, we are dedicated to doing what God is calling us to do, regardless of whoever, whatever anybody think or say. People sometimes will look at you and say, you guys are meeting in homes. What kind of church is that? That's their, that's their problem. Such people, when they speak to you, it, it was about to say that to you, it's very, very clear to you that they do not read their Bible. They don't read their Bible. Amen. Right, so do not allow anyone who do not know what Christianity is about or what Christianity is, people who do not even know what eternal life is. So you want to test such people, just ask them one question. What does it mean to be born again? When people make such silly, condescending statements about you, ask them one question. What does it mean to be born again? Ask them, you can also ask him another question. Why did Jesus die for us on the cross? What does his resurrection mean? I want to believe after spending about two years with you guys, teaching you guys, you guys understand this. Some fundamental questions, fundamental basis of Christ. Why did he die? Why did he resurrect? What does forgiveness of sin mean? When you ask such people with those kind of questions, then you can tell whether they know what they are saying or not. So don't be fooled or carried away by people who do not know what they are saying. Or who do know what they're doing. Amen. So as for me, I'm committed to doing what God has called me to do and to ensure that I excel in it. Praise the Lord. Are we all clear on that? So I'm going to do this as long as the Lord asks me to do this. So the fact that you are not used to something does not mean that God is not sending you to go in that direction. Hello? The fact that you are not used to something, the fact that 
you have not done something this way before does not mean that it is the wrong way. There's a guy that I used to know that, you know, people came to tell me a lot of reports that, you know, they've been telling me that this guy will always want them to do things the way he wants them to do it. And I realized that this person too, have really influenced my life too in that way. And I thank God for opening my eyes and um, where we are now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So guys, uh, I know I've said a lot of stuff. That is not part of my sermon, but it's a word of encouragement to you guys and to challenge you guys. Amen. Choose to obey God regardless of what anybody may say, think, or hear because you only have one life. I repeat, you only have one life and no human being is the source of your life. God is the source of your life. You are accountable to God. You own your life to God, not to people. Praise the Lord. You own your life to God and not to people. And you have an enemy, the devil. And when the enemy comes against you, human beings cannot help you because to a very much extent, sometimes they are not as spiritual. Right. Human beings cannot help you. It's only God who can help you in your life. So you need to learn to put people in their place. I'm not, I'm not saying insult them. Learn to understand the boundaries of people and don't replace God with people. Don't look up to human beings as your source or the source of your joy, not even your spouse. Look up to God. God is the source of your life and the only person who can help you in any situation, any challenge. So prioritize God in everything you do because that is where you, it is in him you can guarantee safety, protection, provision. Amen? Praise the Lord. I hope that blesses us. So welcome to the new era. Home church at the Transformers Church. If all God has sent me to do is to raise another apostle Paul who will go and do some crazy work, then I've succeeded. Amen. And that's why I did not come into ministry to make money or to make name. If Lord says to me, today, in two years' time, you'll be wrapping up on this church and hand it over. I will wrap up, I will hand it over and carry on on the journey that he has set for me. There's a lot of lies in this dispensation and I'm not going to be a part of it. Amen. And I'm going to surround myself with people, my wife being the first person, people who stand for the truth and not for lying deception. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right, let's get into the word of God today. See, one of the biggest freedom you can get in your life is freedom from the opinion and the thought of people. So the day you are able to look up to God and have a relationship with God, not minding what anybody think or think or say, Mark my word, that day is one of the happiest days of your life. I repeat, the day you are able to fellowship with God and not mind or think of what people may say or think of you, but you only follow what the word of God says, that day is one of the happiest days of your life, or will be. And the devil will fight you with everything possible, not to focus on God and to focus on people. So you'll be ready to fight for your life. Amen. This year at the Transformers Church is a year we are taking charge of your li our lives. It is God and God alone. Anybody who is on the side of God and the word of God, they are for us. Anyone who is not on the side of God and is against the word of God, we will manage them and love them from where? Afar. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the new era once again. Now let's turn our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 14. Now today I want to talk about the consequences of disobedience to God. The consequences of disobedience to God. Let me switch to New King James. So I'll read verse 15 to 17. 
For behold, I'm calling all the families of the kingdom of the north, says the Lord. They shall come. So they shall come and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gate of Jerusalem against all its walls all around and against all the cities of Judah. I will utter my judgment against them concerning all their wickedness because they have forsaken me, burned incense to other gods and worshiped the works of their own hands. Verse 17, this is where, where I want us to pay careful attention. Therefore, prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the king, kings of Judah, against its princes, against its priests, and against the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Now, this is a long chapter to a degree uh, of long chapter. And I'm trying to condense it. Also trying to ensure that I communicate the message so that you guys get what I'm talking about. Now, let's take it step verses back. Now, this message was to Jeremiah. And about two weeks ago now, we started from verse 5. When God spoke to Jeremiah saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then Jeremiah said to the Lord, said, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Now, God gave Jeremiah instruction, even, even um, verified, you know, confirmed his calling, his assignment, what he called Jeremiah to do. And this guy, looking at his human limitation, was going to kind of reject or ignore what God is calling him to do. And going to, let's go down to verse 17. And the Lord was saying to this guy, now prepare yourself, no question, no negotiation therefore prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that i command you do not be dismayed before their faces lest i dismay you before them now this is jeremiah's interpretation here to say i will dismay you confuse you right but if you read if you understand the nature and the character of god you know that god does not confuse people god is light confusion is darkness so the correct interpretation of that verse is that you will be confused if you do not go to who I have called you to go to. If you look at many, the life, lives of many believers, even ourselves, let's think about it carefully. Let's slow down and just take some few seconds to reflect. If you can think, you might be able to do this much more when uh, after the service, when you're your own. If you can think of the times in your life where you suffered so much confusion, if you go to the root of it, you realize that you are either walking in disobedience or you are ignorant of what the word of God says about that situation or about that area of your life. What I'm trying to call out here is this, disobedience to God's will, disobedience to God's instruction is a guarantee, is a guarantee for confusion 
I repeat, disobedience for whatever reason is, is in your mind. Whether you think you are youth, whether you think you are young, whatever is whatever it is on your mind. Disobedience to God's will is a guarantee for confusion. Let me look, let's look at how this um, amplified version describes that verse 17. Verse 17, thank you, Holy Spirit. But you, Jeremiah, gird up your loins in preparation. Get up and tell them all which I command you. Now I'm reading from the Amplified. All which I command you. Do not be distraught and break down at the sight of their hostile faces. Oh. So the first reason that we saw earlier on in in the previous verses, Jeremiah said, I'm a youth. And God is saying to him here, he said, don't look at their faces. You know, some people will give you some kind of look as if they are the half and omega of your life. No, don't allow them to intimidate you. So the more you guys mature, the more all of us mature to understand that there's more to a person's life than, there's more to a person than their look. It will help you not to be fearful or afraid of men. You know, as um, Jolami was sharing earlier on today, and I felt in my spirit that the Lord wanted us to watch the movie War Room by the Kendrick Brothers. And the moment we started watching the movie, I started hearing what the Lord wanted me to hear. Okay, let's carry on. Then there was a point in the movie where a thief, you know, attacked an old, old lady and one other lady with a knife and was going to collect their money, you know. So he demanded, he forcefully demanded that they give him their money. I know God was up to something. And the old lady looked at the guy and said, put your knife down in the name of Jesus. What I saw in, at that scene was that the woman saw beyond, what, beyond the knife and the, and the look on the face of the guy. Saw the devil speaking to the guy and trying to intimidate her through that man. And he spoke to the forces be operating with that guy. And the guy had to, had to obey. So the more you realize that human beings are beyond what they look like. And that, they are, that each person is yielding to the devil or to God at every point in time in their life. When you realize that and someone come against you with any kind of evil thing or the other you'll be able to look beyond and not give in to them. You know, I'm trusting God to open my eyes to see more people in my life who may be discouraging factors or people who will condescendingly treat me or make me feel I'm not doing enough work for God, make me feel inadequate. As I'm identifying them, I'm, I'll be cutting off from them. Because, you, you, do you know why I have, I, I'm going to do that? Because they are collaborating with the devil to kill my destiny and my ministry. Simple, that's what they're doing. Some of them do ignorant, but ignorance is no excuse to allow someone to ruin your life and your purpose. Though they can't destroy your purpose, but to hinder your purpose from finding fulfillment. Amen. I'm sharing some deep stuff with you guys this morning. I hope you're getting it. Amen. We need to come to the place where we understand how people can be used by the devil to stop us from doing what God has called us to do. And we have to learn to own our life. And it goes back to how I started this message, fixing our eyes on God, focusing on God. 
100% focus on God. Parents, you got to help your kids to know this because other kids in school who have been influenced by demonic parents will bombard them with demonic messages of inferiority complex. Keep watch on your kids and just ensure that you protect them. You reinforce who God says they are in their mind. Your pastor can't do it because it doesn't live with your kids. It can spend one or two hours with them. I'm sure as many parents are watching me, they didn't have a child by accident. Even, even if it sounds to you like the child came by accident, the child is not an accident. Right? I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad this morning, but I'm trying to, be, I'm trying to call your attention to responsibility. And every child is a blessing. If you can see the potential and know the work you have to do. Amen. The work you have to what? Do. Praise the Lord. And if you don't have a child and you are crying and moaning to God, God, when will you hear my cry? Let me lecture you first on the responsibilities of raising a child before you go for your next 21 days fasting and praying or you send money to Africa for them to take it to one prophet to pray for you. Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Back to uh, my friend Jeremiah. So God said to him, you will be confused. So we're looking at how this guy, um, Amplified, uh, describes it. Praise the Lord. Now I said, guard up your loins in preparation. This is verse 17 again. I'll take it from the beginning of verse 17. So, but ye, Jeremiah, guard up your loins in preparation. Get up and tell them all which I command you. Do not be distraught and break down at the sight of their hostile faces. Then you allow, do you hear the Lord speaking to you? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Or I will be with you before them and allow you to be overcome. So when you say that word overcome, it means they will overpower you. They will make you, you will be turned to some, to, I'm looking for a very nice, pleasant word. It means you'll be a slave, you'll be subject to them. They will control you. So you're either on God's side or get yourself distracted or intimidated by the look of some people. And when I say looks here, we can, it has different nuances to it. Amen. <laughs> you see me and my wife, you see myself and my wife doing a lot of uh, laughing in this home church thing. There are different nuances to this look thing. So number one kind of look, they are rich. They are prosperous. You know, they have everything going for them. You are not as rich. You are not as prosperous. So you're not going to talk. You will keep your mouth shut because you don't think, you're, you, think you don't think you are valuable. You don't think you have anything reasonable to offer because they are rich. They are prosperous. You are poor. Your parents, you live in a council flat or you live in a one-bedroom apartment, but they live in a mansion. Friends, let me remind you, every material things you see here on earth, they stay here on earth. They have no spiritual value. They have no eternal significance. Amen. They have no what? No eternal significance. How many people have you heard of in this world who died and carried their mansion to them into the spirit realm? I mean, they died, they, they ejected, they ejected from the body, right? The Bible says to be present to the in the body is to be absent from the Lord, right? And to be present with the Lord is to be absent from the body. So, which is as long as you can watch me, you can listen to me, you are still in your body. But the day you die, or the when or the day you die, that day you are absent from the body. And you go to whichever destination you have selected. If you're born again, you know, you'll be with the Lord Jesus. If you're not born again, it's nobody's fault. It's your choice. I don't mean to be mean and disrespectful, but I'm just saying that it's important for you 
if you want to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus, you got to give your life to Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, have you heard of anyone who took their mansion, their Rolex wristwatches, or whatever, or their their designer labels, their bags? Amen. Uh, I mean, so get ready. I'll start giving you some stuff too here yeah, because uh, you are you are no longer new, right? Um, Mrs. T and the rest, all of them, they uh, you know they they do. I do give them, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> that doesn't mean you don't tell me stuff. Well, if you just me with stuff, I will you know I'll pick a few things there and um, this is to preach to 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 lighten the atmosphere. Amen. <clears throat> And I saw Mrs. Old Gucci wristwatch. I was like, ah, this is Gucci. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to be born again at some point, right? So, okay, so don't, don't worry about that, right? So, how many people have been saying, because I'm not going to attack people's Gucci and Louis Vuitton and stuff like that, right? <clears throat> but, so, and let's talk about Rolex. I don't think anybody wear Rolex here. Right? So, how many people have you had took their Rolex to heaven? Even, even they buried them with the Rolex in the coffin. I, I, I'm so confident some guys will go dig that grave and steal that Rolex. Amen. So don't allow people's wealth or personal effect to make you think you are less important or less valuable. Mm. Revelation. Because you carry much more life and value than any personal effect. Your life is able to produce those things in, 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 in tons. See the, see, the difference between the rich and the poor, let me clarify a few things here. Two of the differences between the rich and the poor is knowledge what the rich know and what the poor do not know the rich knows how to turn ideas into money that is people who are entrepreneurial let's let me forget let me be more specific the rich believes that you know they have so much ability mental ability to produce they then they don't need to go and seek a nine-to-five job if they want to work with people they rather volunteer because they're adding value not for one boss to boss them to boss them around and control them because they just know that they have ability to produce, their ability to create wealth. The second difference between the rich and the poor is the way they think. Many poor people just think poor, and many rich people, even though they may not have pockets in, they may not have money in their pockets on their bank account, they just think rich and they deploy resources or they pull resources together, coordinate resources to get what they want to get. So, likewise, you, if you are a person who feels intimidated by rich people, I'm saying to you, if you will change the way you think and stop thinking poor, right? And if you go get the knowledge of how to create, how to produce, you're going to get rich in a matter, just in a matter of time and you are ready to work. Because to be entrepreneurial and to be rich is not, I wake up on... On Monday, brush my teeth, pray, read my Bible, get on the bus, I'm going to work. I'm expecting salary at the end of the month. I don't want to work weekends. If you're an entrepreneur and you want to do business, you don't have opening time, closing time. You work literally all around the clock. Work-life balance, we'll talk about that later on. We need to learn to balance things. But you are responsible for your income. So if you don't go, you know, sometimes you go to work and you just watch Facebook or you scroll on your phone, you watch Insta, look at Instagram or YouTube, you know, or you look checking your inbox. Is, has anybody emailed? Nobody has emailed and you do whatever you want to do. So when you, if you want to be rich, lifestyle changes. Nobody one is watching you. You got to work, get a customer, produce a service, produce the product. I mean, you work literally round the clock. 
Right. So can you say that there's a difference in the lifestyle of the rich and the poor? So if being rich has, except for people who acquired wealth and stuff like that, or inherited wealth, you know, those ones are just story for another day. So if being rich has to do with the person and not God, then why do you see yourself inferior to that person? Is it making sense? Right. So that's his number one look. You look at them, you say they are rich, they are, they are rich, you are poor. Right. And so you don't speak what God has called you to do. do you, you know, a rich man, if they're not born again, they will end up with the devil and his demons. I repeat, a rich man or rich woman, if they're not born again, they will end up with the devil. You see, everything you see around, the end of it is here on earth. But the word of God, the assignment God has given to you is eternal. Many rich people have mental health issues, demonic problems that, that you speaking the word of God can cast that demon out of their lives. Many rich people, will, they, will, they, will, they will rather give, they will give everything they have to have what you have if you are born again and you have Christ. So never see yourself in fear. Never see yourself intimidated. Never, never allow anybody's look or whatever they have intimidate you. So that's number one look. Number two look is the look of you are nothing. So they look at they look down on you because they think they are better than you. Right? So some of them, some people try to intimidate you. It might be because they are superior to you at work. It might be because for any other reason. So this is different. So the others, the previous kind of look is your perception of them what they look like. But now, these people are giving you a kind of look and trying to intimidate you so, so that you can shut your mouth, you cannot, so that you will not be able to speak. See, but you have no reason to shut your mouth. If the Lord has commanded you and given you an assignment, do not allow anyone to make you feel inferior or inadequate. You step forward and do what God has called you to do. Now, let's go back to that book of Jeremiah. I'm going to switch over to... Uh, the New King James, because that is short to read. Now, <clears throat> going on from that verse 17, sorry, my Bible just switched to um, Isaiah 66. Right, so going down, down, down. Now, when God calls you and sends you on an errand, right, ask you to do something, watch this is protection is guaranteed. I'm going to read very quickly this and then we go into the book of Romans chapter 5 so that you can see how your disobedience to God can affect a lot of people. Okay? So let me see what I can do in the next seven minutes. Now, verse 18 says, For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar. I've given you every protection you will need to do this. Right? I will not leave you by yourself. I will not leave you alone. I will not ignore you. I will not abandon you. I am with you. You are stronger than the people who are trying to intimidate you. I, time will not allow me to go into describing what a fortified city looks like. But let me put it this way. A heavily guarded and protected city. So if God likened your life, one person's life, to a heavily guarded, protected nation, and we're not talking about the kind of Wakanda security that in 
Black Panther 2, yeah. you know, someone broke into their defense. We're not talking about kind of like um, Wakanda's um, defense that um, Wakanda Cancun, whatever they call it, <laughs> broke into. <laughs> Namura, what they call it. Uh, no, no, no. We're talking about God because Wakanda's thing, they are the, this is Black Panther. You know, if you have not watched the movie, it's a movie. If you're, you're hearing this for the first time, Black Panther, you can find it. You can Google it. Right. So part two. Right, somebody broke into these guys. Wakanda used to think they are the most powerful, but somebody snuck into their, even with an army, you know, into their space, you know, with no, with no weaponry or any kind of thing. Right, they were surprised. Right, so it's not kind of Wakanda's um, protection, right? Because even America could not, the, the states could not even break into Wakanda's uh, territory. They can't, over, you couldn't overpower the Wakandas in a sense. So we're not we're talking about the kind of Wakanda's um, protection. If that's the highest level of protection you, you are thinking about, we're talking about God the Almighty protecting you as He sent you on error. You hear some, I'm trying to be very nice, but let me call it some stupid things. I said it's soft, right? So some stupid things that some men of God say. They will say things like, you don't tell them, right? They will say to you that, if you don't fast as long as they fast, you can't be protected, you're not protected. So you need to come under my protection so that your that ministry can be successful. The devil is a liar. They are liars. Friends, note this. No human being sent you to do what you are called to do. God sent you. So God is your source, is your protector. Everything you need is in God and is with God. So don't allow any man to hijack or any man or woman to hijack your ministry, intimidate you, and bring you under their control. They are very quick to call you my spiritual daughter, my spiritual son. Nobody's coming here to spiritual son or spiritual daughter me or to claim mentorship over me. That's a story for another day. That's just a comment. So don't give too much interpretation to it. I'm going to deal with it in future. A person who did not invest into my life they didn't lead me to Christ. They didn't teach me about the gospel of grace and faith. They didn't take responsibility to, to support me in my spiritual development and they're coming to claim spiritual father or mother would do by my life. They're a thief. Don't tell them I say it, but they're a thief. Amen. So let's finish with Jeremiah, then we'll go to Romans chapter 5. He said, um, A fortified city and an iron pillar, a bro and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against its princes, against its priests. Watch this. God sending you and you obeying guarantees protection. I couldn't touch on this last week. I mean, it's going to protect you against anything you can think of. Just is to prime yourself, prepare yourself, like it says to Jeremiah, prepare yourself. The fact that God calls you now doesn't mean you jump into it. You still need to spend some time with God like Paul did. He took his time. He went to learn the word of God. You need to prepare yourself. Many of us, this day, you are too quick to jump. You know, our ministry is just, our church is just only two, just two years plus. Right? Some people are already expecting us to be 15 number. For what reason? Are they the pastor? Are they the one who look after the people? Will they do the counseling? Will they do the praying and the fasting? Will they do the teaching? Amen. Are they paying my bills? So whatever the expectation they have of themselves, they better go just fix themselves. No one should come and cast an expectation that is unrealistic and ungodly on me. People should better respect because my work is with God. Human beings do not call me. So human beings cannot and, for not for, and not for any reason Try to assess my performance. God called me and he ha only has a right to assess my performance. And for you too, if God has called you, he's the only person who has the right to judge and assess your performance, not human beings. Human beings can say you are failing, but God says you have, you have just done exactly what I've called you to do. Case closed. Verse 19, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail. 
against you, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. God is with you. So let's quickly run to Romans 5. Guys, give me another three minutes. We've got to do this because I said, you know, I've shown you how disobedience, one of the ways disobedience will really affect your life, get you confused, get you stuck. You're not going to make progress. You You won't learn. You won't grow. Because it's in doing what God has called us to do that we are stretched, we grow, and not that we sit on the couch eating popcorn, watching messages online, and expect that people's lives will be changed and transformed. No. It's by stepping out, seeking God for direction, preparing. Preparing. Preparation is key. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Romans chapter 5. So this, so this is one of the ways our disobedience affects a lot of people. And besides Romans 5, let's start from verse 12. I'm going to also touch on a few things that are very much more practical and to help us and then we shut up. Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there's no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's, watch, watch this, for if by the one man's offense, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of God. Sorry, uh, let me take 15 again. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Let's keep reading. And the gift is not like that which came through the one man who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. I like how this uh, verse 17 puts it. It says, For he by the offense, for he by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Let's jump to 19 because of our time. For as by one man's disobedience, for as by one man's what disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So whenever you see offense in the previous verses, you can also replace it with disobedience. See, your disobedience is not only affecting you. Your disobedience is affecting many people. You know why? Because your life was not created for your for you alone and your family. I thank God for the lives, the few lives that has been blessed since we started this assignment. And then we, we, we stepped out to do what God's calling us to do. Even though to me it's quite few, right? But imagine, imagine even the few. And sometimes we when we say few, we it just shows that we are not looking at the ripple effect of touching a life that can touch thousands. But in the eyes of carnal, carnal people. They will say, you know, you're not doing anything because you've only touched one life. Thank you for the example that Jolomi gave during uh, prayer this morning. Amen. I'm saying to you that your life was not designed for you. 
See, if you want to really see the value and the worth that your life carry, step into what God has called you to do or start preparing yourself or just obey God. Then you will see, you know, when you begin to touch lives and those lives you touch begin to touch other lives, then you will see that there's so much more to your life than you think. You know, the world around us tend to amplify or glorify self-accomplishment, self this, self that, I have this, personal possession, selfishness, self-centeredness. But it's the devil speaking through them. Because like I said many weeks ago, even if, if everything God created was not created for itself, but to, but to profit other things, how much more is your life, the life of a human being? Amen. So your disobedience to God is affecting many people because your obedience to God or your life or following God will always have to do with people. And let's go to first, not, not, not to read. Let's go to First Timothy 2. The Bible tells us that God wants all men to be saved and called to come, and all to come to the knowledge of the truth. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. So who are the people that will get people to be, lead people to Christ and share the knowledge of truth with them? You and I. What is the great commission? You and I should go into the world and make disciples, preach the gospel and make disciples of people. Jesus, did Jesus, did Jesus come into the world to buy a house or to have stuff or to purpose an effect or to get some titles or something? No, it came to touch lives. So our life will only be meaningful when we begin to touch people's lives positively. And our life was designed to touch other people's lives. Amen. So we need to get, put ourselves together and begin to think about touching lives, going out of our comfort zone to touch a life, preach the gospel, speak the truth, demonstrate and reveal the kindness of God to people. Let's stop measuring ourselves by what we have, our nat natural accomplishment. Amen. Time will not allow me to go into details of that. So, Adam disobeyed God. Look at the devastating impact of humanity today. What he was thinking, I don't know. But the Bible tells us that Eve was deceived and he passed on, and she passed on the fruit, uh, the, the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil unto Adam and Adam ate. Adam was not deceived. Adam disobeyed. Eve was deceived, but Adam disobeyed. So whether deception or disobedience, it still has a terrible impact on humanity today. Look at David. The Bible tells us not to commit fornication, not to commit sexual immorality. Look at David. Slept with another man's wife. To cover up his act, had to kill the man. And it, it, it created a lot of um, strife, bitterness, resentment around David. The father-in-law, the father -in -law, which is the, the father of the woman she, he took, whose husband she killed, he, he killed. You know, that man was so resentful and I think he kind of trained David's son to, or connect with David's sons to overthrow David. Man, whatever you're doing, as long as it's disobedience, whether you're not doing what God has called you to do, or you are living in sin, you are destroying people. Now, let me give you, I think the fear of the Lord is not really strong in our society these days. Right, because when you are, even the movies you watch, even the ungodly and the filthy things we engage with, as long as we're engaging our hearts with filthy and ungodly things, we cannot hear the Spirit of the Lord. So if God wants you to, to pray for someone, you can't even hear God because you are engrossed with filthy and ungodly companions.
and content. So your life is not your own. So whatever you do with your body, whatever you do with your life, is not only affecting you, it's affecting thousands, even millions of people. Some people will just insult their husbands, insult their wife. You see, when there's hostility in the home, in the marriage, that home, can, that people, that home cannot be sensitive to the spirit of the Lord. So there's nothing we do in secret or in the open that is not affecting other people. It is. So there's no such thing as nobody is watching me. No. Your life is not producing what God wants it to produce. When we indulge in ungodliness, our life cannot produce godliness. And godliness will always touch other people's lives. So there's no such thing as as long as nobody is hurt. People have been hurt. Because when we are practicing ungodliness, even though in our mind it doesn't seem like people are being hurt, we are also breeding and empowering ourselves to be an instrument of destruction. Am I making any sense? This is by the, by, the, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Your life is not your own. Your life is not lived in isolation. There's more to your life. You have an impact on people. You are influencing people. If you do the right thing, somebody who is watching will be encouraged to do the right thing. If you do the wrong thing, somebody who is watching may be influenced to do the wrong thing. And that's why I've, I've kept my, 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 com my company so, so small. Because whether you like it or not, because the word of God is true and sure. He said, evil, evil companions will corrupt your manners, will corrupt your behavior. So time will not allow me to even go, because I can do this one now for the five minutes. But take this, because we've got to shut down now. Your life is, your obedience or disobedience to God is affecting lives more than you think. Some confusion in our life today, some struggle in our life today is because we will not follow God. See, I nearly lost my life. Before I started this ministry. That's why no demon on earth will tell me, tell me to stop pastoring. No, nobody. Until the Lord says, says, you know, it's time to move into the next phase of your life. Or do something else. No demon, no demon can tell me not to pastor. Because I know I nearly lost my life. And that day I, I was just tired. And I was struggling. And I said, you know, I'm going to pray about this situation for 21 days. Even though I knew I'm going to hear my, my answer by third day because I follow Papa again. Three days, he gets his answers to whatever he's praying about. So when people ask you to go and pray 21 days, 100 days, 150 days, fast and pray to hear the Lord. It's a lie. Regardless of their status. I don't, I, you know, when it comes to God, the scriptures, you know, I don't, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't try to respect people because of their title. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't play with the word of God. So if somebody, because of their title, their position in the body of Christ, says something that is not correct and they are confident about it, I'll say it is a lie. I will not go and confront them. I will not go into their space, but in my space, I will say it's a lie. You don't need 100 days fasting and praying to hear the Lord. It's a lie. The Spirit of God is on the inside of you. Now, it's not God not hearing you or not wanting to answer your prayer. The problem is that your mind is, your mind is bombarded with all manner of thought and information. So you are not able to hear. God is not wicked. He's a nice father. He's a beautiful father. He wants to speak to you 24-7. So your disobedience or no disobedience to God is affecting people. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayers.